Let us pray together the prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. A lesson from the Old Testament, Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the first one was Orpah, and the name of the second was Ruth. When they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Chilion also died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb, and may they become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way. I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you wait until they are grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters. It has been far more bitter for me than for you because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. The word of God for the people of God. Oh my goodness. Hi, friends. How are you? You good? Okay. So... Mary, we've known each other for a while, haven't we? Yeah, we've known a couple, or a couple years. Yeah, and we've been friends for a while, but we've definitely gone through a lot. Like how Ruth and Naomi were really good friends, but they, and they grew closer through hardship. So Ruth was Naomi's son's wife, so her daughter-in-law, but Ruth's husband died, and they had to go back to Naomi's hometown in Bethlehem. Do you guys know who else was born in Bethlehem? Jesus. He was born Jesus. in Bethlehem. Yep, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Fun fact. 
Um, so Ruth and Naomi went back to Bethlehem, but once they got there, Naomi told Ruth that she should go back and go home. But Ruth surprised everyone and stayed with Nick. Oh, but Ruth said that something. Was. So Ruth told Naomi that she would go where she went, prayed to the God that Naomi prayed to, and not even let death separate them. That's some pretty deep friendship. I mean, I know that you're a friend like Ruth. I think you are one too. So during the pandemic, there were some times when I didn't really want to talk to anybody at all, let alone show up for Sunday school on my computer. But there was always Mary asking if I was going, and it was really nice to know that I had someone thinking about me and, you know, wanting me in the space that they were in. And when I'm sad, I can always go to Lachlan for great advice. So do you guys have grown-ups or friends in your life that, um, who do that for you? who cheer you up or give you advice? Do you guys have grown-ups or friends in your life that do that for you? You have friends, yeah. Are you someone, do you do that for people? Do you help cheer people up? Yeah, that's always fun to do. So I have a bunch of other friends. Mary's a really good friend, but I have friends that help me, but I also have my mommy and daddy, so. And And if you ever see someone who doesn't have a friend, maybe they're sitting alone at recess and not really playing with anybody, what's something that you can do to maybe help them feel better? You can go and talk to them. You could give them a hug, make sure you ask first though, right? Yeah, you can go talk to them. You can ask if they wanna play with you. It's always really nice to draw our circle great big and be a light to as many people as possible and include them and be someone's Ruth. So, you guys wanna pray now? You guys wanna pray? We're gonna pray. Dear, Dear Lord, God, help us find the Ruth in our life and help us be Ruth in somebody else's life. Help us be kind to others and show them your love through our actions. Amen. So, if you are three, four, or five, you can come with me and Pastor Shannon to Children's Church. And if you are not three, four, or five, you're three, awesome. Then you can go back to your families. Good morning. My name is Trip Cook, and I'll be graduating from Martin Luther King Jr. High School. I'm planning on attending the University of Mississippi in the fall, and I've been coming to church here for as long as I can remember. It's always been part of my life, from VBS to Children's Choir to the last six years in youth group. When I first joined the youth group back in 2017, I didn't know anyone that well. For the first year, I only came when my parents told me to. My small group consisted of all girls and me. Small groups was by no means something I looked forward to every week. It consisted of me trying every week to be part of this group, and there was no easy place to fit in. I didn't go on the middle school mission trip with the other people in my small group, so I didn't feel like I had a real connection with them. I felt isolated. I felt like I was just there watching everyone. I thought there might be something wrong with me that made it impossible to have this connection I was watching others my age have. This would all change when I found out we were going backpacking in Virginia with the Wilderness Trail. Being a Boy Scouts, I had ample interest in backpacking and was mostly just happy to get a chance to go hiking. I was excited in a nervous way. I'm sure if you experienced a time like this when you knew you wanted to do something, but feelings of anxiety made it difficult to act on it. I would make an important decision to allow myself to have a chance in our circle with others. 
But still going in, I didn't know any of the others on the trip that well. There was me, who was going to eighth grade, who had just completed my first year in youth, and there was two new members of the youth group, and two older boys I didn't know all that well. Before we started hiking, I don't think I said a sentence with more than five words, but as the trip went on and we started the hike, like, I got to know the others in my group much better. They approached me and welcomed me into their group. Things had shifted. They drew a wide circle around me. I opened up. Have you ever had a time where as soon as you understood you were in a safe space, you could not stop talking? This was me, and by the end of the week, I was by far the loudest person in the room. As we went back into the real world, I expected that Sunday nights would return to their usual burden. Even after this great trip, I would feel alone once again. Even after these amazing experiences where I saw the grace God can offer us by his image and others, I had doubts. Luckily, it was put to rest very fast. The circle I found on the trip would carry over to Sunday nights. Every Sunday, even when I would retreat inside myself, people would come to me. This would continue all year, and I haven't missed very many youth events since. Things had shifted. I felt at home and welcomed in the church. What had started as a weekly burden had turned into the highlight of my week. The next summer, we would go back to Virginia in the same group, making new memories and having more fun. This was the summer of 2019, and at that moment, I had expected to come back again the next summer, and that every year I would have this experience, but the pandemic would shift that. In the summer of 2021, we would return to Virginia, and things would have shifted again. We were in a smaller group. This time, I would know people going in, and I would have two trips worth of experience to back me. But I was different. I wasn't that kid anymore, and I would never be that kid again. I had shifted. There was new people, younger kids that had never been on a youth trip. This time it would be my turn to draw a wide circle around them. I did what I needed to, to be kind. It was mostly an easy thing to do because I had once been that kid that didn't feel like they had a place. When I read Ruth, I first see myself as Ruth. It can be easy to feel alone, especially when things are changing. When you're growing up, you're constantly feeling these shifts. I imagine that Ruth must have been scared after her husband died. She was in a place she didn't know without a circle around her. All we can, we can all see ourselves in her. We remember these moments when we felt alone, but we should also remember Remember the moments when we were in Naomi, the times that we had a chance to welcome someone into our group and care for them, even when we didn't want to, even when we didn't understand the person we were helping. As much as we remember our moments as Ruth when we felt alone, I think we have a lot more chances to be in Naomi, Naomi to shift our circle to be bigger, to include others. Every time, every time we see one of those moments, we should take it. We should draw a big circle and welcome others. The feeling will never get old, not in my soul, not in my spirit. Keep it alive. Keep drawing that circle bigger as wide as you can. I want to thank some people that drew a wide circle around me and my time here. All my small groups over leader that gave time, effort, and attention to me. All of you helped to create a great atmosphere of Sunday nights that I'm going to sincerely miss. I want to give a special thanks to Anthony Hendren, who made Sun nights on Zoom calls fun and coached basketball through close wins and 50-point blowouts. I want to thank Daryl Watson for all the years small group leader and all his amazing stories. I want to thank Ashby Barnes for chaperoning every youth trip I attended. And finally, I want to thank everyone who is involved in this church for providing a place to grow and find my relationship with God over the last 18 years. Thank you so much. Everyone. He's much taller than me. Um, my name is Anna Bigelow, and I'm currently a senior at Hillsborough High School. In the fall, I'll be attending Emerson College to major in theater education. I've been attending West End since I was a baby, sitting in the eighth row on the right side, watching and drawing all throughout big church. At such a young age, church was a hard concept for me to grasp. Why would I get dressed up in fancy clothes on my day off for something I didn't really understand? In fact, there were only a few things I knew for certain at that age. One. I loved stories, any and every kind. Every night, I would ask my parents to read me a story before bed, and before they knew it, I was reading all on my own. I made my younger brother and countless other people sit and watch while I performed a myriad of songs, skits, and more. It feels like storytelling has always been in my blood, and West End was quick to encourage that love. 
Everyone here has motivated my love for stories, from music camp to reading passages in the Bible to hearing Michael and Carol preach. I was lucky enough to play many roles on stage in the four-story theater and get to be the person who tells the story to all the watchful eyes. I've been so blessed to grow up in a place that engulfed me with love and support for any and everything that I want to do. Stories have grown with me, and as I have grown, my love for stories has too. Two, God loves me unconditionally. Every time I came to church, I heard about God's unconditional love. It was everywhere I went, but this was so hard for me to believe. I hadn't done anything to make God love me, and I was filled with flaws from head to toe. Later in my life, I also questioned God's unconditional love and why hard things came with it. If God loves me, why are there times I don't feel it? Yet, everyone seemed to be convinced of this unconditional love. But we'll get back to that. Almost anything outside of those two things, I had no idea about. Still, to this day, there's so much I don't even begin to understand, and that's really hard for me to admit. My first experience in the youth group helped me come to that realization. We were on a mission trip to Heifer Ranch, where we got to learn all about different cultures and how Heifer provides food for them. We were linked with this other group, and one of the first activities we did was called Big Hoop. We were split into four teams. Each team had a hula hoop, and there was a pile of stuff at the center. The goal was to be the only team with all the stuff in their hula hoop. Being the competitive seventh graders we were, we took it as a challenge. Lost in the heat of it all, and this went on for a really long time. Eventually, the adults gave us a time limit, and the game was over. After it was over, we talked about what we could have done differently and how if we kept taking from each other, no one would be able to reach their goal. Instead, if we simply would have worked together, we could have formed a big hoop and compiled all of our resources. Later on in the week, we participated in a world hunger simulation. We were once again split into groups and given a limited amount of resources, but this time it was actual food, and if we didn't have enough, we would not be eating dinner that night. So imagine this. 60-plus teenagers divided into villages among a lake, given food, water, jobs, and tasks in order to survive the night. My teen was assigned to the Zimbabwe hut, and we spent, slept by the lake under the stars. I can still smell the strong smell of bug spray that consumed our body, bodies, and sadly, I can still feel the frustration after failing several times to start a fire. So, at first, we looked at it competition style. How and what can I take from the other groups? What do we have to barter with them? And after a few hours of that, it was unsuccessful because one team had the water, one team had the fire, and there was no dinner being made without that. After a while, all the while, all the adults had been saying, big hoop, big hoop, and we didn't really get the message. There were other groups that could have been included, but we put our pride over the unity of the community and chose winning over being right or collaboration and unification. Often I find myself getting caught up in being the best or having the most control over a situation. It's simple for me to know what is happening when and how I can manage everything going on. It feels easier to focus on myself rather than the whole or simply to say no to things that make me uncomfortable. In fact, it usually is easier. But I believe God calls us to show love and compassion to the people around us, even when it's the hard thing to do. We are called to be the loving light of Christ in someone else's story. In the passage we read earlier, Ruth could have gone and left Naomi. It was the easy thing. She would have had a family, a husband, and a status that she would not get if she stayed with Naomi. Not only that, but she would have a certainty that going back with Naomi did not provide. She chose to be a widower and stay with her dead husband's mother, even when her sister didn't do the same thing. For a moment, she put her pride aside and continued to form unity through faith. Don't urge me to leave you or turn my back to you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. 
Your people will be my people and your God, my God. As children of God, we are called to cling to our community, not out of fear, but rather through faith. Ruth believed that staying with Naomi was her calling and her sister did not, but God continued to love both of them regardless. Just like when I was younger, there are still very few things that I know for certain, but they remain similar. One, I love stories. Not only do I love stories, but I've devoted my life to telling them. I believe stories bring us closer to God and closer together. And I know that God would have wanted me to tell stories of faith and love to unite communities. Stories like Ruth show us the way to go throughout our life. Two, God loves me unconditionally. I've come to understand that no matter what I do, God finds a way to forgive and to love. I could make a decision to stay or to go like Ruth or to go like her sister and God would accept either. I'm blessed to be loved by a reckless forgiver, but it isn't something that I had to earn. We're all beloved children of God. Three, I'm called to focus on the big hoop. This is something I know and I still struggle with. How are we supposed to help everyone by working together when it seems that no one wants to collaborate lately? Would some people even be interested in figuring out a bigger hoop with me? Can I rely on the people around me to work as a collective? And am I willing to stand in the gap as Ruth did and be there for people in every situation? I hope so. I believe that God longs for us to be there for, to the, for those whose society frowns upon or who we may overlook in our day-to-day -day lives. When it gets uncomfortable, I believe it's my time to stand up. When I find myself in hard times, I know there are people back here in West End who are hanging onto my hoop with me. I challenge all of you to think about the people in your life who make your hoop a little bit bigger and where you can be that person for someone else. Thank you.